Oh man, what a great time. I'm so excited. So you're here, we're here. You're listening to the best podcast in the 815. This is Beyond the Cube. You've got Bob along with me always is Vincent. Say what up, Vince. What up, Vince? I'm here <laughs> for real. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> it's but but not only is it just me and you, Vince, today, we have a special guest. I I am just so excited for a lot of reasons. Uh, let me. I'm I'm so happy to to introduce the one and only Briz Blue from the Ivy Boys. Briz, how's it going? What's up? I'm so happy to be here. This is going to be so fun. Yes, yes, yes. It, today is a great day, you guys. Today, you know, weather-wise up here in the 815 was absolutely just like terrible. It just feels like it's just it's just snowing all the dang time. It's snow, ice. It's it's just horrible right now. But um, today's a great day. It's like it's basically like a national holiday, you know, for for uh, for me personally. So you know, pitchers and catchers for the Cubs reported today in Mesa. How, uh, Briz, how does that make you feel? Well, I mean, you can probably hear how it makes me feel. Like, I have, no joke, been smiling ear to ear all day. I have so many (laughs) things to be happy about today. Um, Yeah, the weather here is awful as well, so we won't talk about that. But I I listened basically to Chicago sports radio all day, and a lot of it, they were broadcasting from Mesa, and the vibes are very positive there. Like, it just... Everybody's in very good spirits. It put me in a very good mood. I wore my cubby blue. I watched all my my cubby highlights. I'm still <laughs> waiting for that one really good like pump up 2019 video. Um, but yeah, I mean we have we have a lot of reasons to be excited, you guys. And people are really overlooking this team, and that makes me excited by itself. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, um, you know, just some of the things that we've sort of been hearing and stuff. Um, you know, just the whole the, the forecast of, of what people are predicting for this team and the season, and and I just don't get it, man. Like, I mean, um, you you've kind of had told me just uh, yesterday that, uh, and even Vince, you touched on this as well too. That you know, it's it's being predicted that we're not going to win as many games as St. Louis this year. Like, I don't see that at all whatsoever. How, you know, what do you think about that? Um, I mean, I can see where people would think that, but, you know, unless you really study this, this Chicago Cubs team, like we do, then you don't really understand all the things that had to go wrong last year for them to turn out the way that they did. I mean, we had injury on top of injury. We had uncharacteristically bad years from players that we know are not, that's not going to be you know, how they play going forward. So, yeah, I mean, if your team's in our division, basing your hopes and dreams on how we were last year might not be the best route to go because I really <laughs> don't see that that 2018 Chicago Cubs team returning ever again. Like, I just see, you know, there's there's too many hardworking, talented players on this roster for them to turn out another season like that. And the really crazy part about all this, and we really have to look at um, from an outside perspective, is they won 95 games. Like, we are talking about them like they won 75 games. I mean, <laughs> they won 95 games. And we still had so many things go wrong. Our offense, you know, just kind of disappeared at the end of the season. I mean, we had, you know, an injured 
Chris Bryant for the majority of the season, who really started off on such a promising note. Um, I just, I mean, the more I think about it and yes, listen, I'm just like anybody else. I would have loved to sign one of these big names available in the off season. And, um, I'm not completely convinced that there's not somebody else coming, but I'm also completely, I've completely talked myself into being stoked about our on-field product right now. I mean, if you just look at the, the guys that did not have great years last year. And even if they can just improve a little bit, we are that much better than we were last year. And we won 95 freaking games last year. I mean, <laughs> I just, I don't see it. I don't see how they are predicting the Cubs to only win. What, what, what was it now? Like 83 games, 82 games this year. Right. Yeah. yeah. I guess their latest prediction was 81 and it was a computer program. So we know how computers can be reliable like that oh my gosh yeah I mean I I just I don't I don't I don't understand I mean like I said half joking with you guys if Tyler Chatwood is you know throwing two spots in the rotation then maybe but I mean I just I don't get it I mean even if these guys look at our rotation even if these guys two of them have a bad day I mean you're still turning out you know uh, three wins that week you know I mean it just to me, it's 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 crazy, and I really can't wait to to prove everybody wrong. I'm really looking forward to that. It's yeah. We, we uh, um, go ahead, go ahead. Vince. No, I was gonna say uh, during the uh, press conference today too. It's like um, I know I think it was Theo was talking about how like this winter, like it was really focused on the players improving. Like each player really went into the off season, like knowing what they needed to kind of do and focus on. And that he's even excited about how well that went, you know, with like even the first reports to camp. So, I mean, something like that definitely gets you hyped up. Well, oh, man, yeah. Go ahead. And looking at, yeah, looking at some of the video and the pictures that um, a lot of the Chicago sports media have put up just today on tw- between Twitter and Facebook, there are so many position players there right now. And I mean, they're already. They're, I mean, they look like the, they look like the almost the entire team is there, and they're working on stuff that you can tell that they've already been kind of you know gearing themselves up for. Like when I say that, like Wilson Contreras in the batting cage, obviously he's been taking swings in the off season. You don't just step in the batting cage and go you know ripping on on some of the balls the way that I watched him hitting today. It was like insane. Like the you you know that these kids walked away from that season last year like this is not okay. Like we have to do something about this. So, you know, have a chip on your shoulder guys, because guess what? Everybody else is kind of laughing at you right now. So, you know, you, you have a lot to prove. (laughs) That's very true. That that's really going towards you, Nathan, you, Zach, and you, Trisha. Um, Just (laughs) kidding. But, um, but yeah, no. So, um, you know, um, we kind of talked a little bit yesterday, and um, I was—I had the story that that I had. You know, I'm going to go ahead and tell real quick that, um, you know, work-wise, you know, we had something that 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 was really frustrating that that me and Vince were kind of going through, and uh, um, there was a lot of different pieces that were involved, and uh, it was it was extremely intense, and, and it took up about a half half of the day to kind of go through this whole entire process, and um, so. You know, with the, the, the company that we work at, you know, we have, I mean, the, the, the office is, is massive and we have so many people. And, and even though there's people that, that are literally like, 
50 feet away from you, like, I literally have no idea what they do. Like, I, I, I walk by and I may see their <laughs> nameplate and what their job title is, but, like, I don't know what that means. Like, I kind of can sort of guess. Well, um, you know, uh, Vince, you know, knows Paula and um, talks to Paula, and, and she's kind of been our go-to for a few things. And But I personally have never met Paula, and I've never seen her. It's just been through email, and there was never any sort of face-to-face. And so, um, so yeah, so I had this issue, and uh, I wanted to go directly to her to go to go tell her what I just sort of went through. And um, so I'm kind of sort of got this just, like, rambling of like oh my gosh blah 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 blah. this is what happened and then she in turn is just like you know because she was in into it way more than me and vince were involved and so she is just blah 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 blah, just going on and stuff and it was about a you know a five minute discussion of of work and you know the awesome part about it though was literally like as soon as that was done you know and and keep in mind like I've, i've haven't i've never met paula personally and um you know thinking about it there was no like cubs decoration on her desk or anything she immediately just went into hey do you know what tomorrow is and i was like yeah <laughs> so like and, <laughs> and 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 you know paula really kind of opened my eyes and briz you totally reinforced it that this team like okay so you know it's it's extremely enticing when you got like two youngsters that are still very much in their prime and who have plenty of years of, of solid, good baseball left, you know, in them. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and also the fact that like one of them is like best friends and, and basically grew up with like your star player. I mean, it's literally like too good to be true, but like, you know, I, I'm not even going to lie. You know, I was so drunk on the Kool-Aid that we were getting Harper. Like you couldn't tell me. You, you seriously couldn't tell me that we weren't going to get them, even though everything that was said that we were going to. And, you know, you would hear all these rumors and, and you know, yeah, there was no movement on the Cubs. And so that made me think, OK, Theo's lying in the weeds like, you know, he's, you know, it, we're going to be making a move and stuff. And, and it, like nothing really happened. And, uh, you know, I, it's it's that whole like romanticized, like, let's make a move and let's just, you know, let's do this. But like. Briz, you like I said, you reinforced it. You know, like looking at this team and this roster and and the projected starting rotation, like why would anybody sleep on the Cubs right now? Oh gosh, because it's easy to. It's easy to. I mean, look for how many years we were tortured. I mean, you know, it's not like this is uncharted territory for us. Like this is if if you ask fans of any other team even knowledgeable fans of any other team in in all of baseball this is where the cubs actually belong you know what i mean like like who they have been the past three or four seasons and as good as they've been and as big as a threat they've been to any any team they ultimately are going to find their way back to the basement like just because that's who we were for so long You know, I mean, you can't believe you can't believe when somebody shows you who they are for a period of time, you have to start to believe that's who they actually are. So it's just much easier to believe that the Cubs are that team, that it was all a fluke. It was a hoax. Um, They're going to end up in that spot again. So it's just easier to think of them that way. But you also have to keep in mind that you're talking about people that don't know this team that have not studied this team. So, I mean, 
it really, it just comes down to everybody. Like I said, if everybody can just perform just even just a little bit better than last year, I mean, I don't see, I don't see how we can't win as many, if not more games than we did last year. Our rotation is improved. I mean, we have Hamels the entire season, um, you know, and he's going to have his ups and downs. Obviously he's not as young as he used to be, but we also have a very strong and um, determined you Darvish, who is, I feel like is going to make a difference right off the bat. I mean, I, I just, I like it more when people expect nothing from us because that's exactly mm-hmm. the way we went into 2016. They did not expect yep. anything from us. They had nothing. They didn't, we were on nobody's radar. We're, we're still on people's radar right now. We're definitely on people's radar, but People feel like, and, and I'm even talking about, you know, if you're reading the sports media in other cities, if you're reading the national guys on MLB network and um, ESPN and all those guys, I mean, to them and the tone that I'm taking from what I'm reading from them, this is a very mediocre team. So, okay, cool. Let us go into this season as a mediocre team. Let us just for, just for a minute, let's pretend that's the case. Look around our roster, our depth chart, and tell me how hard and how bad something would have to break for this team to be mediocre. I mean, there is just too much talent on this team. And any halfway knowledgeable baseball person can see that. Dissect this team position by position and tell me there is not top talent on this team. Like, honestly, it's just to me, it's more people are needing the Cubs to be bad because they're the lovable losers. What are people going to talk about if if the Cubs aren't bad? You know, I mean, can't possibly give give them credit and say they're good. We could never do that. Why would we do that? So, yeah, I mean, it's just easier for people to to really just perceive them as a team that they've been for so long. But Right now is our window. So if we don't jump on this and make something happen, like I will be really disappointed. Like this is when it needs to happen. This is when it needs to come together. These guys are, are grown ass men that have the ability to do that. They're professionals. They know what it takes. So, you know, they have to, they have to meet, meet themselves halfway and, and get it done, you know, and just really come out with that chip and that edge and, and, and make things happen. Cause last year, I, I really feel like we were missing that. Man, no, and, absolutely. <laughs> no, so okay, so we do have uh, a couple, a couple questions here, and I'm gonna jump in with this one with uh, from Jerry Meeks from Facebook. Uh, he was asking, uh, "Do you think Joe will be back with the team next year? And if not, who would be a good young replacement?" Well. I love Jerry. Hi, Jerry. I hope you're listening. Um, Jerry, Jerry has been listening to the Ivy boys for a while. So, um, I, yeah, he is a good guy. Uh, we've actually had him on with us before. That's true. um, That is very true. Right. Yes. Yes. We've had Jerry on with us. So, um, Jerry, I honestly, there, and I know that there is so many different opinions on this particular topic and, this is something that people feel very strongly about. I'm just going to say this. If Joe is not back at least for another couple years, or at least until he decides that he's ready to stop coaching, there's serious issues with people, serious issues. I agree. This, this man is, I mean, 
I just, I can't even wrap my brain around the thought that people want him gone. I will say I am, I am fully prepared for the fact that they are probably grooming um, a couple young people on the coaching staff to take over for him, but they need to at least sign him for another. I, I don't even want to say five years because I really think that if the Cubs can pull together another ring or two, I think Joe will probably throw, throw the towel in and say that he's ready to, to go ahead and hang it up. But I mean, I just, there's until he tells us that he's ready to be done. I, I think we have to keep him. I mean, there's just, there's a, uh, there's no other way to, to look at it. Here's and, and, and here's the comparison I make. And, and this is kind of, if we have hockey players, it's kind of the same way that it was with Q because like the second Q got released, do you know how many blues I live in St. Louis? So I have a ton of friends that are blues fans. And when Q got released by the Blackhawks, I had no less than 20 text messages or messages or Facebook posts or whatever about, you know, send him our way. We'll take him, please. You know, they were in a situation <laughs> where they needed, you know, they needed a good guy. So my thought is this, if we decide not to sign him and, you know, I hate that he's going in 2019 kind of in limbo. Um, but if we decide not to re-sign him, do you, would you rather play with him on your team, on your side, or would you rather play against him? And I'm going to say every single time I would rather him be on the Cubs side. I, I do not want to play against that guy because we've already seen how he manages the youngsters. Um, and it makes me laugh when people are like, oh, he has no idea how to coach millennials, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> millennials, are millennials are still, they're still, they're still human beings. I mean, they're still athletes. They're still, you know, grown men. He knows how to deal with all of those things. So I, I, I get it. That there's a different mentality there. But I think people are just, they're looking for something to complain about. And with Joe, I mean, you really have to search hard. This man brought us a ring after, you know, a gazillion years. We have to keep him around as long as we possibly can. That's just, the, to me, that's the bottom line. And then you know what, after he gives us a couple more good years, then we'll talk about who they're grooming to bring into his spot. But as far as I'm concerned, Joe's the guy. I know at the end of last year, it was crazy too, because that was like one of the biggest topics was it's like, man, is he going to yeah. even make it to the beginning of this season, you know? And now that's one of those things where it's like, why would it's like, it wasn't like it was a bad season, you know? And it's like, right. it wasn't like, you know, the previous ones were like terrible either. It's like, why would you, you know, if you have a decent thing going, it's like, why would you try and change it up that drastically, you know? Right, so. right. Well, and just like any other, just like the players, just like anybody else, he has a boss that he has to answer to. And you know, at the end of the season, just like everybody did their exit interviews, you know, he got pulled into Jed and Theo's office and offices and they went through the whole spiel you know this is where we feel like you need to improve this is where we feel like you could do things differently this is where you could utilize this this is where you could stay away from this you know that that happened you know it happened because there was a lot oh, yeah. of those things there was a laundry list of those things so do you think for a second that joe walked away from those meetings thinking you know what i'd rather go coach some ho-hum team that's not <laughs> going to give me top tier players and possibly a shot in another world series yeah i'm you know what i'm not even going to work on any of that stuff we just talked about i i am just going to i'm going to do what i want to do and if i have to have to go find another job 
no way, no way. Joe is a competitor and he knows what he's got. So there's no doubt in my mind that that man is going to flip the script this year and he is going to figure some stuff out just like everybody else. Well, that, that was the one point that I did catch today was that like, if you actually look, you know, through the shenanigans and stuff like, you know, from 2016 compared to, you know, where they're at currently right now. So granted spring training just started, but last year you didn't see like the petting zoo. You didn't see like some of the more outlandish stuff that he did when they were more, you know, a little bit looser and free spirited in 2016. So uh, that was exactly something that they, um, that Boris or uh, Bernstein and, and McKnight, you know, were discussing um, around noon was just like, you know, is he sort of maturing as well, you know, along with, you know, the, the core that he was with, you know, that he originally first started with. And, and I, I am in a 100% agreement, you know, as far as like, you know, who do you replace Joe with? Like you don't downgrade. And to me, like, you know, you know, there was some circumstances that just like, you know, it, it was just like a really kind of thing. And that, that like sort of like the fluke thing. So like the whole, you know, Pedro trope, you know, trying to run out the butt and getting injured and stuff where we could have used them in, in that during, you know, towards the end of last season. Like, I mean, you know, seriously, like what, what kind of are the odds and like how, you know, how would you expect really to, to foresee that happening? You know, um, you know, Pedro Strope is a great athlete, you know, and, and, and I would assume that, that he could, you know, you know, decently run to, to first base and stuff. But, uh, I, you know, I, I just, I, I, I am in agreement. It's like, you know, he, he brought, he was, he was an integral part in, in, and bringing a World Series to Chicago, I mean, like, the dude, like, legit, like, pretty much kind of owned Chicago, really. And, and yeah, I mean, you let him stay for, you know, you let him stay. <laughs> you let him stay until yeah. he's ready to, to, to leave. I mean, I think he actually deserves it, really. He truly does. Well, and the whole Pedro Strope thing, like, to me, I was angry. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, if anybody that's listening listens to the Ivy Boys podcast, I was fuming. I mean, Tipper was too. It was, I want to say that that was probably the first time that he and I both raised our voice in one podcast. We were, we were <laughs> definitely, we were very angry. Um, you know what? And you're, we're allowed to be angry as fans. We're allowed to question moves like that. We're allowed to do all of those things. You know, I, I, I consider myself an athlete still, but I was, you know, a, an athlete all through college and everything else. And I played softball. So like putting myself in a real game situation like that, you have to wonder what was going through everybody's minds to say that made sense. But, you know, I am not a, a professional baseball player. I'm, I don't manage a professional baseball team. So you know, until I have that on my resume, I really can't like say, make those decisions for him, you know? So he, he has a lot of different tools and he has a lot of different methods and he's got a lot of different reasons for doing things. And he is a different cat and he is always, you know, marched to his own beat. And so I'm not going to start questioning whether stuff like that are, are deal breakers for him having a job with the Chicago Cubs. Like to me, that's just, you know, that was a fluke thing. It was a one-off situation. I don't, I, 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 you know, you ask him 
10 times over if, if he regret, if he regrets making that move and he, he will say it, he still, when he's asked about it says, no, he does not. He would still do it exactly the way that he did it. And he, I think the one time he even joked and was like, and I bet you this time stroke wouldn't hurt his leg, you know, like it, <laughs> it was just like one of those things. So, you know, you can't, you're, 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 you're allowed to question it and you're allowed to be angry and you're allowed to wonder, but you really can't say that something like that is the reason why he's not a good coach. Like it just, it doesn't make sense in the grand scheme of things. Absolutely. So, you know, once again, it's uh, today is February 12th, 2019. It is pitchers and catchers reporting day. You're listening to beyond the cube. We have, uh, we have, we have Briz blue from the chipper and Briz show over at the ivyboys.com. Wow. Um, so Briz, you know, um, you're in St. Louis and, uh, um, we have, you know, two guys that work in our department that are legit hardcore St. Louis fans. Um, what, um, you know, St. Louis made a couple of moves. They, um, they, they picked up, was it, it was Andrew Miller in the, for the Mm -hmm. bullpen. And uh, they also got uh, Goldie, um, which was super funny because I believe there was, did you guys have a podcast that sort of went and discussed what he was actually being called when he, got picked up by St. Louis. <laughs> I was going to say, you guys needed to have some like music when you said that I live in St. Louis. Like you needed to have some like, womp, womp. <laughs> like, yes, yes. So we, I was kind of fooling around because obviously um, I tend to shake the hornet's nest a little bit living down here in St. Louis. And um, obviously I, I have a pretty decent following and I'm friends with a couple of the, um, of the, radio personalities here in St. Louis and they follow me on, on all the social media. So if I say something about St. Louis on any social media, it gets completely blasted by St. Louis Cardinal fans or whoever, which obviously I've lived here for 21 years now. Oh, 22 years now. And, um, (laughs) I'm used to it. I have very thick skin. There's not too much you can say to me that I haven't already heard. So I don't really, I don't sweat the, the, the Cardinals fans come after me because they have the same comeback over and over again. But the funny part is, um, yeah. So when they signed gold, (laughs) I can't even say his right name now. I can't even say the right name because I, yes, I always, I always feel like I'm going to slip and say something that I, that like, you know, I shouldn't be saying in front of my children type thing. (laughs) But so his name for you folks that aren't quite sure on how it's actually pronounced when he was in Arizona, (laughs) it's Goldschmidt. There is a T at the end. There is an M in there and there is it's Schmidt. Okay. (laughs) In St. Louis, when he got signed, there was a large contingent of folks that wanted to call him, call him gold. Gold. (laughs) I can't say it. I can't say it. I'm going to end up saying a bad word. They were not calling him the right name. So yes, we did almost, I, I think we did almost an entire podcast where I called him the incorrect name the entire time. And I had quite a few people reach out to me to correct me. And I'm like, you people must be out of your dang minds if you actually think I don't know who he is. So um, it's just really funny to me because, you know, whenever St. Louis um, and keep in mind, folks that don't 
have any clue who I am or, or my backstory. I am married to a Cardinals fan. I live in the city of St. Louis. <laughs> I work in the city of St. Louis. I am very well aware of everything St. Louis. Okay, people, don't worry. I got it. <laughs> Whenever St. Louis signs somebody, it could be, we're, we're going to compare this to toys. Okay. Whenever St. Louis signs somebody, whether it's a very small toy or whether it's a very big toy, or it's kind of one of those obsolete toys that, you know, nobody is really like after, but somehow or another, it becomes your favorite toy. Like it is a big deal. So all of the sudden now these people who um, I'm going to call them casual fans for lack of a better term had no idea who Paul Goldschmidt was before he came to St. Louis. But now that he's in St. Louis, they have heard, I mean, they've probably heard of him, but they didn't know actually how good he was until now he is a St. Louis Cardinal. So now he automatically is the best first main, first baseman in all of baseball, which is fine because we feel that way about Rizzo. So right. when they, when they got this big, huge toy, that is Paul Goldschmidt now he is the greatest player in all of baseball. If you, <laughs> if you rewind back to like maybe last year when the Cardinals were playing Arizona, um, you know, one of the, I don't know, maybe six or nine times that they played each other. I guarantee there was a lot of not so <laughs> he's the best baseball player in all of baseball stuff being said about Gal Paul Goldschmidt when he lit them up for, you know, when he went like, you know, nine for 12 and hit three home runs and had 17 RBIs against him, whatever. I, I'm, those are totally not true numbers. I'm just making it up. But I'm saying <laughs> it's just funny to me how it works, you know. Um, and the only player that they haven't really adapted to or really like, um, you know, like, cared for their their new toy is Dexter Fowler like yeah. he just is not he's not really made his way into the circle of trust yet and um which I think is sad and I I think it has a lot to do with the fact that he is you know was fresh off of a world series win with the Chicago Cubs you know obviously they're hated rivals um and now I'm seeing a lot more of him in the community like he's been to hockey games and he gets you know, like they, they put the jumbotron on him at the hockey games and people cheer for him. And he's been, um, I heard that he's been out kind of in the nightlife again, kind of not obviously recently because he's probably down in Florida getting ready to report, but like over the off season. So he's obviously trying to, to garner some respect with, you know, the everyday fan here in St. Louis, because he just didn't have that, which is really sad because I still have mad love for Dexter and I'm still waiting to run into him so I can buy him that beer. But I mean, it just, to me, it, it's, it's a really, it's, it's, I mean, and I talk about the St. Louis Cardinals, but many of, you know, professional base baseball teams, any teams actually act the same way. Fans act the same way, but it's always just amusing to me because I'm on the inside. Um, and, and I see it from that perspective. So I always just kind of chuckle because it's like <laughs> when um, something happens, like, you know, obviously our Addison Russell fiasco that's happening or like the emails that were um, exposed on, you know, the, the gentleman that has the same last name as the owner of our team, stuff like that. When that happens, of course, they have a zillion things to say down here. And I just kind of sit back and laugh because, 
you know, there's plenty of things that happen on their watch that they choose to sweep under the rug. And I just, I put all that stuff in my back pocket and I save it for a rainy day. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. (laughs) So you, 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 you pretty much tossed up two perfect segues and I'm not really too sure which way I want to go. And so I feel like let's just, let's, put a pin in the whole thing about like the organization and, and the things that have, <laughs> the, the off field issues that have sort of had happened. But, you know, since you're discussing in, in your, you know, in St. Louis, out of all of the teams in the division, what team do you fear the most currently right now, just based off of the moves that they've made? Um, I'm not really comfortable saying that I fear anybody. Good point. Um, but I mean, because quite honestly, still, you can match up anybody's depth depth chart head to head in this division, and it's going to be awfully close. I mean, there's just, there's so much talent in this division now. It's crazy, crazy. Um, I think, obviously, the Brewers, um, they've lost some pieces. They signed a couple pieces. Nothing major. Like if you scroll and this is my, you know, this has been my, my, my kind of daily routine, if you will. Um, If you scroll down like transactions within the central division, actually Milwaukee has a shorter list than the Chicago Cubs, which would surprise people because I know the, the Cubs fans feel like they haven't done anything. They actually have gotten a few pieces here and there, nothing huge, nothing, you know, nothing Daniel Descauzel. I mean, that should tell you everything. That's the biggest name that right. we got this offseason. Right. But we have we have gotten pieces. We've gotten a couple of re- relief pitchers, which will be huge help. Um, but Milwaukee has actually done less than us as far as number of players that they've moved um, in or out. And you know, they're still they're still going to be good. But let's be honest, people. If you know anything about baseball, you have to just look at the numbers. There are three, maybe even four guys on that team that had career years, like career, like they will never have another year like that in their baseball professional careers. It just won't happen. Like they played out of their minds and they deserve to get where they got. I mean, honestly, they do. They played really well at the end of the season when a lot of teams were starting to fatigue off. And honestly, the Cubs were one of those teams. So, um, quite frankly, I'm still, I'm still looking at Milwaukee at the top of the division. I mean, they're definitely going to be, you know, playing a lot of, you know, there's going to be a lot of switcherooing going on probably in spots one through three, but I really feel like, you know, the Cardinals, Andrew Miller, if he can go back to his 2016 season, if he can have a little bit of that, um, fountain of youth, he's not going to be, he's not going to be bad for them. He might, that might actually be a really good pickup for them. I still am convinced that David Ross broke him and um, (laughs) I'm fine with that. I'm honestly fine with that. And for him to, for him to come in the division um, where obviously, you know, that he's, you know, he still obviously probably feels pretty bad about what happened against the Cubs in the world series. Um, So we'll see. I mean, that could be a mental thing for him too. Nobody is, you know, that's still, you, you got to think about what that does to somebody, you know? So that, that could still be a mental hurdle for him to get over. So we'll see how he does against us. But definitely, you know, Paul Goldschmidt is definitely a cub killer. There's no Absolutely. denying that. Right. But yeah. like I will say this 
I'll say it tonight. I'll say it tomorrow night. I'll say it every day. I'll say it when he's up to bat. Paul Goldschmidt bats one time in a lineup of nine guys. One time. If there's people Good on point. base, okay, yeah, he's going to hurt us. But he is not nine guys in nine batting spots. Honestly, he's not. He's one guy, okay? <laughs> and if he's the one guy that we're pitching around, okay, I'm, I'm fine with that. Walk him right. every single time. Walk him, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, we can't act like, just like we can't act like, you know, Chris Bryant or Javi Baez, like these guys are batting three or four times in a lineup. They're not. It's one time. <laughs> in a nine guy lineup. So yeah, Paul Goldschmidt's going to be tough. He's going to be, you know, we're going to see him a ton, but at the same time, he's making adjustments. You think our pitchers aren't going to make adjustments. So, you know, it, that, that remains to be seen. The other team that y'all need to keep an eye out for, and this is insane to me because I actually wrote down all the people that they got and who they still have. The Cincinnati Reds. Those <laughs> guys are not playing. They are not playing. They and yeah, a lot of these names are, are, you know, on the older side, but keep in mind that brings in experience that brings in leadership that brings in, you know what, my career is, is winding down. I probably need to, to go ahead and do something, you know? So yeah, I would definitely keep an eye out for the Reds too. This division is going to be crazy, crazy. And with and honestly, now thinking about it and talking about it with you guys, somewhere in the eighties, win wise, it might be accurate because we play these division people so many times. We're gonna beat up on each on each other the entire season. I mean, so, it is, yeah. yeah, and it's crazy to me how I mean, there very easily could be four teams at the top fighting for that for that spot. And I definitely think the wild card comes from our division again as oh, well. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's that's a really good point. Just I mean, it, if you look at just the team wise and stuff, like the central literally is stacked now. I mean, it and it seems like it's been that way too. But like uh, the same, you know, just the moves that 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 Paul Goldschmidt, like the numbers that he put up against the Cubs last year was just like, oh man, like you know, I like you just said, you know, walk him every single time. Totally cool with that. Um, Milwaukee, you know what though? Like, I just, I just sort of feel like Milwaukee totally earned a hundred percent last year. I mean, they, they, it was just, it felt like it was one of those things where everything just kind of just went right for them and stuff. And we just completely, I felt like we totally just, just, we, we were tired, man. Like that's the, that first, all those rain delays from the beginning part of the, of the season and stuff. And then that, which, you know, equaled all the double headers and it, it just, you know, just the, the long, the long season, you know, there was like that stretch that they had where like, what was it like 20 something games in like basically like 20 days, 22 days or something, um, including travel. I mean, like, yeah, I just, I still, you know, I know it's just me being totally, totally biased, but the fact that you bring up the reds and, you know, with Vince, Vince, you know, he's, he, I feel like I sort of forced like the whole sports fandom on him because like, you know, he, he's, you know, he's just like, yeah, cool, whatever. You know, he's, he's actually right now searching for a team kind of to follow. And I think one of the, one of the, the, um, the bases that he's looking on is, is possibly colors. So Cincinnati Reds, Vince, man, that, that, that could be maybe your team, um, this summer, maybe. It should be the Cubs, obviously, but you know, <laughs> just saying. I don't know. I man. mean, like I said, you pledge no lines. <laughs> there's, yeah. 
Even then, Listen. like, if I was given the opportunity to, like, bet on teams, you know, like, even if I was, like, said I was, like, a devoted, like, Reds fan, which we obviously would not be happening, but even <laughs> if I was, like, you know, devoted to that fandom, I would still bet against them in games <laughs> where it's, like, yeah, they're going to lose this one, you know? I'm, like, yeah, this pitcher is definitely the weak spot, and they're facing someone who's, you know, the pitcher who's, like, definitely on fire. I'm like, no, Reds are losing. It's like, shouldn't you be supporting your team? I'm like, nah. So. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah, it's okay. I'm good. <laughs> I look at the numbers, so, you know. Well, not not to, um, you know, well, of course, I, I'm, I'm putting in a little shameless plug here, but tomorrow, or actually not tomorrow, next week when we record that Ivy Boys podcast, we have actually some very exciting news about um, inducting one of um, Chipper's friends into Cub fandom. He has nice. now decided that he is going to be a Chicago Cubs fan. So we have That's some surprises so cool. on, yes, on how there we're going to do that, <laughs> and we're actually we're going to turn it into quite the quite the show. Um, all Chipper's ideas, of course, because, you know, if it were my friend, I would want to be able to torch him, how, torture him however <laughs> I see fit. So, yeah, so just, just so you know, if you decide to go that route, we can definitely induct you on one of our uh, shows if you would like. We totally need to make well, that a thing. Can we please well, make that a thing? <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. <laughs> so, growing up, uh, like, I used to live in the, suburb, uh, the suburbs, like, of Chicago. Like, I was like legit probably like 10 minutes away from O'Hare and uh we would we would hit up a few Cubs games like every year like as I was growing up and what was kind of cool is it's like we'd go to like was the last stop on I think it was like Addison Street like and then catch the bus there so it's like we'd you basically get the whole trip like from like the uh the end of the line all the way into the city you know like right to the stadium so it was pretty cool, oh, yeah. except for the Man. part where it's like you'd hit like I think it's the red line where all the fans would get on the bus there, and you'd go from like nobody on the bus to it being jam packed. <laughs> but, otherwise, I mean, yeah, it's it's fun though. I mean, I love the atmosphere. Like that is one of the big things. Is it's like I don't know. Even though I'm not a fan of like sports or sporting events, like going there and kind of just that experience is really the thing that kind of like, uh, I don't know, like really sells me on the whole, really on the whole deal, you know? Like if someone's like, oh, it's like you want to go to a game? I'm like, yeah, sure, you know, it'll be fun. So that's whenever getting back to Wrigley, like that is my happy place. Like I literally, whenever I see this stadium, I mean, and I've been going there since I was six years old and I'm 40. So do the math on that. Every time I walk up, it's just like, and like, it's just, I have tears, you know, it's butterflies, it's everything. And it's so funny because anytime anybody posts a picture or plays a video or anything like that, that where you can see any of the, the bits and pieces of the atmosphere of being at Wrigley. Like I just put myself in that place and like, I can smell the food. I can hear the the sounds and like, it just, yeah, it, there is nothing in the world like it. And that is forever my happy place. Man. So oh, I, I also do want to also say too, that I, look at, so 
I have a friend in, so JP, I hope you're listening. I really, really, really hope you're listening right now because you could totally like co-sign this. So my, my buddy JP, he uh, was not a baseball fan at all whatsoever. And this was about like 2013 or so, like right when we were kind of sort of doing, you know, we were, we were making moves and stuff and Theo, you know, comes in and takes the job. And I'm like, dude, if you were ever going to follow a team like this right now is the reasoning for it. And like, so spring training came in. So I kind of, we were discussing like who were the pitchers and why were they important and this and that. And so literally like we, that whole entire summer, we, um, we watched as many Cubs games as we could, you know, we, and like, you know, I, th- that year, um, I, c- I can't remember exactly what we did that year, but basically he happened to kind of, when, when we went to the, uh, um, when we played the Mets, or w- when we, in the, in the playoffs, when we uh, lost to the Mets, um, he, he called me crying because, you know, he finally was like, I understand what it is now because he had, he was a couple of years into it. He's, he got to see Rizzo come up. He got to see Bryant come up and stuff. He was there with the, the core. And like, you know, then obviously 2016 comes and he's just like, he hasn't made it to Wrigley yet. And like, that's, that's like going to be the ultimate goal because we have actually Briz, we have a friend that, um, that lives in Springfield that is a diehard Cardinals fan. So literally Mike, that's the other thing too. So Mike, if you're listening, you still owe me tickets for that bet that we had. So literally like it's, we've been kind of talking about it for like <laughs> the last like year and a half that like, we just need to go to like a Cubs Cardinals game. And but like it's I need for him to come up to Wrigley because like you said, like Wrigley is such a magical, awesome, amazing place. Um, God, like it's it's yeah. JP, you better be listening. I'm going to tag you as soon as we get this podcast <laughs> up so that way you do listen. We're on we're, we're on no. every streaming channel now, so there's no reason for you not to. <laughs> <laughs> So the the spot that uh, it's kind of funny that you, like really so growing up, I remember uh, we used to do a lot more hockey games than we used to do baseball. So like kind of being from the whole area, like I was really like, I don't know, 20 minutes away from like the Rosemont Horizon when it was that. And like when the Hawks would play there or when uh, the Chicago Wolves would play there, that was kind of like, yeah, it was kind of like the spot for me. And uh, even kind of later in the suburb years, too, I was the same thing. It's like even though they changed the name to the All-State Arena, like would still go there for the Wolves games. And no, like uh, the way you guys kind of like think about Wrigley is kind of the same way that I remember like uh, really the horizon because that was like, yeah, just right there in town. It was just, man, good times. Oh, I love sports. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not a sports fan. I have no history. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We'll still accept so, you. So, uh, all right. Uh, we do have another question from uh, Facebook from uh, CJ. Uh, he was wondering, uh, are there any more moves the Cubs will make this offseason if no Harper? Uh, any positions and... He's also asking, do you think that the Cubs might be the mystery team for Machado? Uh, Oh, there's a lot of questions. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) Thank you so much for asking all the questions. Um, I definitely think that they will go after another reliever. Um, They've already, gosh, two guys that we've signed. 
Brad Brock and Tony Barnett are both bullpen guys. Um, just very loosely glance at their numbers and they both look like they can be contributors. Um, but I definitely think they'll go after another piece. There's still, I mean, gosh, I just, I pulled the list earlier today and I can't think off the top of my head, but there's still quite a few relievers out there um, that remain unsigned. So I can honestly see them working something in. The problem with that and doing it this late now is that think about pitchers and catchers are reporting today. So right. the, the longer it takes for us to get somebody signed, the more that pushes them back as being a difference maker for the beginning of the season. So um, I really hope that um, we, they, can, they can make something work with somebody because obviously our bullpen was a very huge um, – a huge broken piece last year. So, um, you know, and even if the guys that we have now, uh, you know, our beloveds can come through and, and go back to, you know, the halfway decent bullpen that we had in 2017. I mean, we're still looking at an, at improvements there, you know, I mean, just for example, I mean, Edwards, he, I honestly see him having a much better year this year. Um, you know, and Strope, Strope is just Strope. I mean, he's just amazing. And let's, you know, and that, let's not forget we have Brandon Morrow, who can be a very dominating closer if he's healthy. So, right. you know, there's a lot of question marks, a lot of ifs, and a lot of, um, you know, if, if it goes this way, that sort of thing. So hopefully – they see fit to, to add at least one more big piece that can eat some innings, you know, even maybe a metal reliever. Um, do I think that the Cubs are um, the, the, one of the surprise teams for Machado? I do not. I think we were probably out on Machado a while ago. I think that he's going to end up going to the Yankees. And I know that sounds crazy because there's been a ton of talk today about him dropping hints about going to the White Sox. So mm -hmm. I would not be upset if he went to the White Sox. I would think that would be really good for um, for the city. Um, he's 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 a good player. He's got some things to, to work out, um, you know. And 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 strictly coming from a PR standpoint, um, he probably needs to figure that out too a little bit. Um, just his own PR, you know, because I think that's really hurt him this off season, especially the way that he ended. Um, playoffs with his kind of nonchalant attitude. I think that really hurt him. I think he could have probably already been somewhere with max money had none of that ever happened. So I don't think that the Cubs are in on him. Um, every, excuse me, everything I've read and everywhere I've seen, I just, they stopped mentioning us a long time ago. Now, do I feel like we're still in on Harper as the other question, not a question that I was asked, but I'm going to go ahead and answer it anyways. <laughs> I, I honestly, and this sounds ridiculous because like Jesse Rogers, when he is on ESPN 1000, I can literally feel like he is screaming directly at me when he says this, like, I feel like he is directly talking to me. Like Andy, you are, an, <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> stop with, stop with this. This is not happening. It's, it's not, it, it's not working out. It's not going to get it out of your mind. The, in all reality, I still feel like there's a chance that Bryce could end up being a Cub. I'm, I'm just going to say it. Um, but the, the percentage of that chance has definitely gone down quite a bit. I mean, I just, 
And that's kind of why I force myself to reevaluate who we have and where everybody is and, you know, their performance in 2017 compared to 2018 compared to hopefully where it'll be in 2019. So um, was there another part to that question that I completely skipped over? I feel like there was like a three-parter there. Uh, just the positions. What positions do you think they should uh, be focusing on? Um, well, it would be really nice if they could move Addison Russell. That would be great. Um, and for many reasons. I think, um, obviously, I'm a female, so I have very strong opinions on his off-field issues. But he has not been a difference maker on the field in quite some time. And I honestly feel like one has to do with the other. I think you can kind of tell when his play started going left um, when he was started to have the, the off field issues. So I think, yeah, I mean, he showed at one point in time that he probably had some really promising um, upside to him, but I just, I don't think it's worth it anymore. I think we got to cut our ties. Um, I think in the business sense, and I have, you know, obviously studied this part of it. I think the the whole point of keeping him on the roster and working with him and his domestic violence um, counseling and trying to get him back in a good playing form. I think they're trying to, to, to up his value. Obviously. I don't Mm. think the intention is to keep him. I honestly don't. He's just, it's just not a good look. But in the business sense of things, you cannot let someone that that had and showed as much talent as he did walk away and get nothing, not in this day and age, not in this business. I feel dirty saying that because of who we're talking about and what he has done. But in all honesty, that is the case. And that is, I think, what the the end game is for Theo and company to to with with this Addison Russell situation. So I could see them, you know, trying to maybe find a utility player that can play shortstop um, that they can just add to that rotation. Cause currently Addison Russell obviously is on the restricted list. So he still has some more of his um, suspension to serve. So you're looking at Javier Baez and David Bodie at shortstop, um, which to me, I, I, that doesn't really excite me a whole lot. Um, but it's doable. I mean, we can, they can definitely do it. They've showed they can do it. So um, I think, yeah, definitely a utility player or possibly even um, bullpen. And I think it's even been mentioned. I think Theo's actually even said verbatim that they're still looking for bullpen help. So that's where I think they'll, they'll end up addressing issues. It's kind of like, I don't know, like thinking about the whole, like the value statement, you know, like, it kind of makes me think like uh, some of the talk I've heard around what was it, like even like uh, Le'Veon Bell in the NFL or uh, mm-hmm. was it like Antonio Brown, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Like both who have absolutely no interest in like playing for the teams that they're signed for. And it's like those teams are going to get zero value just because of like the way their attitude is. And it's like the team almost like kind of wrote them off. So it's kind of like, all right, we're just going to kind of scrap you for whatever we can get. And no, I mean, that does make sense. It's, it's kind of sad that, uh, that that's the way that, like, I mean, I can understand if the organization is really trying to, like, rehabilitate. It's like, I know my thoughts on that are not 
uh, it's one of those things where it's like, I really don't see people changing their ways that drastically, you know, but the organization trying to sell it as, yeah, it's like, you know, he's trying and it's like, and with that will come, you know, good play just so that they can kind of drop them to get, you know, something of value, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and the, the, the rough part about that is they just, it, it, it's hard to, it's hard to defend. I mean, you know, we're, we're catching a lot of slack from other, you know, fans. I mean, obviously me living in St. Louis, this is definitely a, a point where they love to bring up, well, you know, at least we don't have any women beaters on our team, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, it's that part is really hard and it's really tough to defend. And it's really tough to like, that was a major, a major piece of why I could not get excited for this season, but I am not going to let, and this is kind of something I just decided. And I think everyone has to just figure it out on their own, like how, where they stand. I've been a Cubs fan as long as I can remember. I mean, from birth and I have cheered them in seasons where it was dreadfully painful to cheer them. I've wore Cubs gear in St. Louis in years when it was dreadfully painful to, to wear Cubs gear in St. Louis. I've been through the ringer with this darn team. I'm not going to let one dude who is not a good dude ruin how I feel about this team that I've worshipped my whole life. So, um, you know, and, and as much as we say it's the owners, it's it's the front office, it's whatever, it's whatever, it's whatever. It's not. It's not. They're not the Cubs. To me, you know, I only know who the owners are because, you know, I, I'm a little bit more knowledgeable fan. There are legitimate fans who don't know who the owners are. They don't care. You know what I mean? There's people that mm -hmm. aren't interested in that aspect of the game. The owners aren't the Cubs. The front of office aren't the Cubs. We look at those guys because we study the game. We study the team. We like to know the transaction side of things. We like to know the business side of things. But the everyday fan does not care about that stuff. They really don't. They want to love a baseball team. They want to, you know, they want to love a franchise. They want to love a tradition. And honestly, that's what the Cubs are to so many people. And that's why sometimes you have to just kind of remove that aspect from the game. Because we know it doesn't mean that it has to change how we feel about our team, you know? So that's that's kind of what I've decided. And I, I've kind of went on it off on my own because you know, I do say, I, I do like, you know, go on my rampages on social media about certain things. And it's, you know, some days I feel a certain way and some days I don't. I will never agree with the way that they've handled this Addison Russell situation, but that does not make me change how I feel about a team that I've loved as long as I can remember. That's like one piece of it. And why it's, you know, it's not a great piece. It, it does not represent who the Cubs are to me. So yeah and really the word tradition is the one that like really like hits it i mean even like i yeah, mean every that's i guess that's one of the things i really i guess i'm the one that struggles with is the whole tradition thing but i can see how like in every sport for every team it's like yeah it's like a tradition of following you know because there's the majority of my family is uh cubs fans and they make it the tradition to go down to, you know, like uh, they go down to Wrigley. Um, I do have a section of the family which are uh, White Sox fans, too. And, I mean, that's their tradition, you know. It's like that's how they were raised. It's like, 
and that's just who they've always followed. Same with kind of like, you know, Bears, like Hawks, like, I mean, just from the Chicago aspect, but I mean, yeah, I can see that all around too, you know, so. no. Oh, yeah, and, dude, born, born into it, you know, diehard, diehard fans, man. Absolute diehard fans. Um, hey, so let's... I, I kind of want to sort of switch it up. And, and before we sort of forget something, I, Briz, I wanted to come back and touch base about the front office. So, you know, you, you just very adamantly and very thoroughly discussed, you know, Addison Russell. So, you know, also, you know, what, what are your takes necessarily regarding like, you know, the whole thing with like the Ricketts and stuff and just like, you know, the off season things that, that, you know, personally, you know, my, my personal opinion on this is that, like, if I feel like if it was any other front office, like, I feel like this would be something almost like they would that could almost go out of control. And it's like these guys are such a class act that that this all this stuff is handled and contained. And like, it's it's you know, it's it's very controlled is what it feels like. What do you what's your what's your takes on, on, on the on the front office and the organization? Well, I think if you guys want to read, so I, you guys, I love Len Casper. Like he by far is, has quickly become one of my most favorite people to follow on Twitter. He is, um, you know, a joy to listen to every Cubs game. I have the opportunity of listening to him, but on Twitter, this man can write like he is a literary wizard. He described like, okay, to me, Theo is the fact that he can handle the situations that, I mean, two, not one, but two, just demolishing, demoralizing situations that the Chicago Cubs have went through this offseason. He handled what he said in, in the presser today. He handled that like a pro like he wrote the book today on how to do that he is so eloquent with his words he you know he is just i'm going to tell you right now there is nobody else that could have handled that as well as he did nobody else i and i mean how many good speakers have i ever heard i mean i've heard quite a few i am actively looking you know i like i like to be moved I like to, to hear powerful speakers. I like to, you know, so I will actively look for things like that. He is just, I mean, it's just mind blowing how, how good he is at his job. And he just makes it look effortless. And if you want to read some very good takes on how sports media feels about Theo, go look up Len Casper and his tweets on him because he just, he puts it perfectly. Without Theo, the Cubs would be the absolute laughing stock right now of professional sports. And that's keeping in mind the catastrophe that's known as the Chicago Bulls right now. Oh that's, my God. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, I mean, we're talking about the, the issues with um, football. I mean, with all the different things going on in professional sports. I mean, Theo just, he handled that whole situation today he handled that eloquently because that could have went a very different direction if anybody else had been up there talking um he was just very matter of fact he was he owned up to a lot of stuff that they finally needed to own up to um he basically kind of put addison russell on notice you know like this is how we feel this is where we're at 
50% of the people in this industry that I spoke to that are in the position of me or higher said that they would have cut ties with Addison a long time ago. And here I am standing by him. So take this as warning, you know, this is, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously take this as warning. Like everybody's jobs are on the line right now. Like everybody's. So, I mean, he just, he's such a, um, he's, he motivates me to do stuff when I don't even do close to what he does, if that makes sense. Like he makes me want to do better at what I, it is I do because he is just, I mean, gosh, I, I don't even, I wish I, I could just stand up and speak in front of people five minutes the way that he does. I mean, he's just, he's so good at that. And <laughs> And like Lynn Casper said, and, and it's not teachable. What he has is not teachable. Like, it's just, it's his personality. It's his, where he's been in his life at such a young age. It's just such an asset. And I mean, it, we, that's another one that we need to go ahead and, and sign that contract in blood because that dude needs to stick around for a long time. I mean, 100%. a long yep. time. So yeah, as far as the front office is concerned, that's, I'm trying to stay on the positive side of things because I feel like when I record with Chipper tomorrow night, that that might be a little bit. We might have a little bit more negativity. So <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to stay positive, and I definitely think that Theo is a is a huge a huge bright spot in the front office. I think, um, you know, there's some there's some Crane Kenny for one. I think is is I think we probably are seeing. I don't know what his contract details look like, but we are probably seeing the final um, couple bouts out of him. I think he might, his time might be about expired. Um, there's just a lot of things that I feel like have been promised and have been told to us that the front office is failing on. And unfortunately there has to be somebody that takes the hit for all that. And I think Crane Kenny is probably going to be that dude, but um I mean, I like, I like Tom Ricketts. Um, I've met him personally. I actually, uh, one of my coworkers who is out of our office in Chicago sent me a signed baseball from Tom Ricketts, um, which I thought was really cool. I, I wasn't really proud about it in that moment because it was the exact day that his father's emails came out. So oh, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to tuck this away for a little <laughs> while <laughs> and not mention. Cause normally something like that, I would have taken a picture and posted it on everything and been so excited. And I, I mean, I sent a picture of it to my family, but I was other than that, I was like, yeah, we're just gonna, we're going to tuck this away for a while. So um, I think it's good to focus on what we have that's working. And I think Theo, for sure is what's working with this organization. And if it weren't for him, I, I honestly, I would hate to see where we're at with all the issues that we've taken on this off season. So, I mean, it, it, he's just, he is, he's phenomenal and he's the best in the business. And if you disagree with that, you're not paying attention. For sure. For sure. For sure. I love, I love the slide for the, you know, to the bulls. Cause that's kind of sort of been a running <laughs> joke, honestly, between, between us at, at the cubes and the cube farm, basically. Um, yeah. You know, we listen to the score a lot and hearing the whole like packs and debacle with guard form and debacle. It's just like, man, talk about like, just like an absolute joke. Oh my God. The bulls. Wow. Well, I mean, and to hear that, like, and I haven't, 
you know, I, because I live in St. Louis, I don't get all of the games. If they're on ESPN or TBS or TNT, I get, you know, I'll watch them then. Um, and, and they're painful even then to watch. I'll watch highlights later <laughs> if I have to, but I mean, like just to hear that Jabari Parker came and like had a field day on the Chicago bulls. Like to me, that is so, Oh my goodness. That is like, that is, that is like drinking a bottle of your own medicine. Like, it's like, dude, no, 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 no. There are so many people that should not have jobs there that continue oh to have God. jobs. And, yeah. you know, and God knows, everybody knows how much I love my bulls. I love my bulls. I am diehard bulls. I've always been diehard bulls and I will stay with them till the end. But just right now they make it so very hard. And thankfully, I was a Cubs fan when they made it very hard. So I'm not, I'm used to this. I'm just not used to this <laughs> with the bulls. So uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, it's rough. It's rough. The, the insight that they provide on the score is, is insane. Like, so I don't know if you heard about this, if this made it down to St. Louis or not, I'll just, I'll just touch on this really quick, but the whole thing with um, like how, you know, we've got so much cap space and yet like we cannot pull anybody, you know, we can't trade for anybody. We, nobody wants to sign with us. And so, you know, we made the move and we got Otto Porter um, and we traded Portis to the wizards. Um, you know, Bobby Portis comes back the next day and like totally balls out. And he well, and by balls out. I mean, it. you know, he's like, He's, he blocked a couple of shots, and I, I can't remember the exact points that he he scored, but, like, he totally showed out in front of the Chicago Bulls bench. Like, th there's a highlight where he blocked somebody's shot. Just it was ridiculous, and he flexes in front of the bench, and honestly, I loved it. Like, I, it's like – it's – it's it's just so it's 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 like a soap opera with with the front office. I'm more into honestly, I'm more into the drama with the front office and Paxson than I am the Bulls right now. And it's like it's it's uh I mean I don't know if you caught any of that or not, but like there was a whole thing where um where he was discussing and Vince actually brought this up even too on a, a couple episodes ago on on the podcast where um uh you know there's some um. You know the on-air personalities are really giving it to to Paxson, and um, <laughs> and he's you know he's answering the best that he possibly can, but like and he's trying to kind of save his face, but like I mean like you know Paxson was 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 literally like or, or the question got proposed to him like you know so how do you feel about like you know the whole mutiny thing and and you know and, and just like the, the the way how this this feeling about you know you know, the, your team is, you know, to, to the organization. He's like, well, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like you need to cite some very specific examples. And so like literally the, the next day they came back and they had like this whole montage of like all these different players talking about like, just like, it, just, they think Chicago is, they think the bulls are just a, a joke. I mean, just an absolute joke from like everything from like, how Hoiberg, when he brought when he was brought in, like dude was just totally set up for failure. I mean, he never even had an opportunity to succeed whatsoever at all. <laughs> and then you know you let go of him and you bring in Jim Boylan, who like basically treated the professionals as like eighth graders and made them run sprints. Like like the one thing that I heard, the one thing that I heard, <laughs> like eighth graders, was, yes, <laughs> was yeah. that um you know when you and Vince, I don't know if you caught this or not, but basically there was somebody that had said that if you're playing back to backs you you know you have the next day off to, to recoup 
the fact that yeah. Boylan was making these guys do suicides was just like, you know, was like they, they they're like, you got to be kidding me, you know, and, and they're talking about like, you know, doing film and stuff like that. And like, you know, what they would do on, on a day off, but like the, what, what Boylan was forcing this team to do and the way how he's publicly shaming like his players and stuff. I mean, it's just like, it is just so much drama. There's more drama with the Bulls than there is on Project Runway, bro. I know, right? Man, I'm telling you. I'm telling I don't know you. if I would go with like you know the challenge or something, but uh, that's you probably do. about equal level drama. But <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so so Briz, it's it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. This has been so much fun. This has been exciting. I feel like we've given the listeners, you know, every opportunity to to jump onto the Cubs bandwagon this year, thanks to you and thanks to Chipper and stuff, and you know. Um, Definitely when you guys get that podcast, you know, I know that that when it'll be coming, but, you know, uh, by all means, we'd love to, to share the links to the podcast and stuff on, on all of our channels and stuff, too, as well. And, uh, um, you know, looking forward to an absolute great season. Um, my last question to you is out of the players that we have. Who who do you feel is like you know and, and obviously you know Chris Bryant could come back from an injury plague you know season um, you know Rizzo could maybe you know his numbers would be a little bit better so let's let's not necessarily say those two but like who is the sleeper that you feel is really going to come through this year um, on the Cubs? Well, see now I hope Chipper's not listening because we're going to talk about this tomorrow too. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go, I am going to surprise some people with this one because um, I just have a different feeling this year and kind of my thought the same as I'm sure, you know, people have heard me say this a million times, but you can't continue to do the same things and expect different results. So my whole thought is I'm going to start looking in places where I've never looked before for some production because like I said, guys are on notice right now. So people's people are going to lose their jobs after this season if there's not, or even before the season's over, if 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 stuff isn't changing, if things are, if people aren't improving in areas where they were lacking, if they're not showing some real progress. So I'm going to go with Schwarber this year. I think Schwarber is going to. I think he's going to have a really breakout year for a number of different reasons. I think. He is kind of onto the fact that um, he's not really become somebody that um, we've come to rely on for offensive production or, or defensively he's a liability. And I think he's really tired of that. Um, obviously, you never want to have a defensive liability in left field. To me, that's one of the most important positions on the field. But his bat is just I, – I, I just honestly, I think this year – I don't know that he's going to tear the cover off the ball. I hope that he does, but I think he's going to be a lot more productive offensively. And for the love of God, if people don't start to take him serious in left field, I'm going to laugh every single time <laughs> you people try to run on him and he throws you out at second every single time. And you can ask my husband. You could probably ask my neighbors four, do four doors down. I scream <laughs> at you people every single time you run on him and he throws you out. When are you going to learn? So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a defensive person. I love defense because I was always really good at defense and I couldn't hit the ball for anything. That's why they turned me around and made me bat left. But I am a defensive person. So I understand not being taken serious in 
when you're playing out of position. He's obviously not a left fielder, but he's done all the things that he needs to do to prove that he can be taken serious out there. He had, you know what I can think of maybe on one hand, maybe five the entire season, really bad plays where his um, lack of experience in left field really showed through. But that is a huge turnaround from the year before. That's huge. True. Yes. So he's definitely making progress. He's going in the right direction. I just really need to see him have a little bit more patience and better pitch selection at, at the plate. Um, and honestly, I, I just feel like this is his year. I feel like he's really going to prove to those people that want to get rid of him to the American League that he is he's a cub. I mean, obviously, the front office loves him because I know they have have had opportunities to move him and, and they're pretty stuck on him. So if you know, those people are professionals and they have reasons for feeling that way. So I, I'm kind of jumping on the Schwarber bandwagon. So let's 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 go with it. I can't wait to see what he shows us. I, I think it's going to be something good this year. So I 100% love that pick. I um I, and and I really 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 hope that all of that happens. I really truly do. He's been the one guy that like you know um you know during the during the off season and you know towards you know uh, towards the trading deadline. You know when you're talking about trades like you know the pieces and stuff that the Cubs would have to give up to acquire a really high uh, profile player or whatever. He was the one piece that I would just be like, no, I, I don't. You know, it, it, but at the same time, I, I like. I want him to like to be able to flourish. He's the one guy that I can't help but to cheer for and stuff. And so yeah, so um, if if he can come through, uh, you know, and 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 it's I mean his numbers, his average wasn't great, but I mean his home run numbers were pretty decent. I mean and and I mean I'd I'd be happy with what he did, you know, as far as those power number wise, and hopefully we can get the average up a little bit. Um, I feel like the answer is, and I haven't really researched this. I haven't looked at anybody else to see what they say. I think inevitably for me, I personally would love to see Almora, you know, do, do something as well too. Um, uh, you know, um, he, the, the defense that he provides out in center field is like second to basically nobody in, in my opinion. He just, he covers the whole entire field and, and makes some of these incredible plays. Um, and, and, uh, you know, he showed promise also too, you know, as far as, you know, you know, uh, uh, coming up in big situations, batting and stuff. Um, so I, I feel, I just feel like, you know, hope, you know, he could get some playing time, um, and, and just really, you know, be like it, you know, get to the point where he is like the everyday center fielder and, and possibly even lead off person too, um, with the lineup that, that the Cubs have and, and, you know, who knows with maybe whatever future transactions they may also have, you know, it, it, it's, there's no telling how the lineup is going to be because we know how Joe is when it comes to the lineup. So, um, I, I do miss the, 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 the solidified everyday leadoff person that was Dexter Fowler. We haven't had one since he's left. Um, I, I feel like, man, it's, it's just slotted perfectly for, for Almora if he could take that opportunity and, and, and really run with it. So, um, that personally is for me. You could go ahead and pass that along the chipper tomorrow, Briz, if you'd like. <laughs> of course. Hey, I have one thing I got to slide in on you guys. So, um, while we're sitting here talking, of course I have my Twitter up in front of me and one, um, person entity that I follow and I've grown to trust, um, quite a bit just tweeted. I'm reading this from someone else's Twitter being told tonight. And like I said, he's, as far as I'm concerned, he's a very trustworthy source. He was one of the first people that predicted you Darvish to the Cubs or said that he had heard Darvish was going to the Cubs last year. So 
if that at all gives him any credibility. He said, being told that the Giants are now out on Harper sweepstakes. The Cubs, however, are not. So wow. There's a cliffhanger for that, that, but (laughs) so yeah. Sorry, I had I had to sneak that in there because he he like he likes to he likes to he likes to give us stuff like that. And like I said, I'm I'm not Mm. convinced that we're not completely out on the on the Harper sweepstakes. I get I get so torn with with Harper because like I'm (laughs) like I said I was like I was the guy that was like you couldn't tell me that we're not signing him and then I was totally fine with us not having him and and going forward with the team that we got and now we're just you know uh, you know scratching away at the scab basically we're opening her back up I'm so ready for us to sign Harper tomorrow I cannot wait and then you guys (laughs) you guys you guys get to cover it on the Ivy Boys, and you guys can discuss right? all about it along with everything else that you guys have slated. I know it'll be like a four-hour show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So uh, last last thing, um, just curious: Did you happen to see what what this year's team slogan is going to be? I did. I did. Um, it was. Is it? Uh, what is it? Hold on. Own it now. Own it there now. It is. Um, there it is. That is, and that is huge because part of the reason why he picked the word "own" was because if you reverse it, it's one. The, oh, there so, it is. Yeah. Now, if you reverse yeah. now, one. Still. Own. It's right there. I... Yeah. Own it now is one. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. What time is it? <laughs> is it past my bedtime? <laughs> It's, it's, the, it's getting the, super late. One of the words is one backwards. That's all I know. One of the words is one backwards. That's all I know. But own it now is 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 the and that to me is also a reminder that you guys are on notice. Like now is the time. So, and which Absolutely. I appreciate that. Like yeah, they they I, I love that they are going to be reminded of that the entire season. So, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right vincent you know final thoughts with you you know what do you think how are you feeling about going into the season i'm feeling pretty great man let me tell you all this news <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be one awesome season oh man awesome and i mean dude those those catchers and awesome, those outfielders awesome, awesome. man all right just gonna well it. But. I think that's a wrap. Um, once again, we want to send special thanks. Check out the Ivy Boys at theivyboys.com. Uh, Briz, go ahead and tell us how we can uh, find you guys and listen to the podcast. Oh, gosh. I'm going to fail at this miserably because this is Chipper's <laughs> area. So, okay. So, my Twitter handle is at Briz underscore blue. You can find me on there. When we record episodes, we post them on our website which is um oh my gosh <laughs> ivyboys.com bob i'm not good at this this is chipper's job um and then chipper you can follow chipper on on uh twitter at chipper strike three just the number three just- that's the number three. <laughs> I nailed it. Okay. And then we also have our Twitter handle, um, the Ivy Boys, at the Ivy Boys. Um, Chipper runs that one. We also have at Chipper and Briz Show. I run that one. So um, any of those those ways, if you follow Bob um, 
or follow Vincent, either of those gentlemen follow us and, and retweet our stuff quite a bit, which we appreciate. Thank you. So you can always yep, find yep. us that way too. Um, we are now back in season. So we will be recording weekly and I am, I know this is hard to believe because everyone now knows how much I love to talk, but I'm also a <laughs> blogger. I like to write. So I will um, start writing. Um, and my writing, obviously we are not professionals. None of us claim to be. I love to write. I love sports. So I just sometimes combine the two and, and sometimes it's, you know, very interesting numbers and comparisons. And other times it's just my experiences with going to games and stuff like that. So um, I try to keep it interesting and light. And like I said, we don't claim to be professionals. We just enjoy it. So we do it and hope that somebody else may like it too. So um, yeah, but thank you so much for having me on and, and, and getting, getting us going this season. This is kind of, a, this is kind of my kickoff, like since I get to do this all over again tomorrow night. So Absolutely. I have no doubt that you're going to totally run just all over uh, Chipper tomorrow. I cannot wait to hear the podcast once it comes out. So yeah, so everybody, <laughs> thank you for listening. Once again, thank you so much, Briz, for uh, for jumping on to the podcast and, and, and recording with us. Uh, hopefully we could do it again sometime during the season and just, you know, you catch up and see, uh, see how the season is going. Um, absolutely. I would love to anytime you guys just let me know <laughs> for sure. Awesome. Well, once again, we appreciate everybody for listening. This is beyond the cube. Uh, once again, thank you so much. We're out. Yep. Craig, thank get you. out of here, man. <laughs>